This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Where, if you walk into any of their stores, you will see a very ample supply of hanging baskets outside. Mm-hmm. Because starting Friday, uh, they have two for one hanging baskets. So that is a really good deal. And, you know, Zupan's stocks the most beautiful floral arrangements and flowers that you can find anywhere they're all really uh just gorgeous and uh you'd want to have them hanging in your home two for one this weekend it's my favorite time of the year chris i've said that before when zupans does this great hanging basket sale i i will be the first in line um because you can't go wrong there you also can't go wrong with some great uh specials through june 6th it is uh the you know the start of barbecue outdoor season so why not uh, roast yourself up a tri-tip roast or a steak from double r ranch uh that's on sale right now you're saving four dollars a pound uh maybe salmon is your thing columbia river king salmon fillets are seven dollars off at your local zupans um or if you know if you're just in love with a classic burger we did this two weekends ago the snake river farms wagyu beef patties delicious they're awesome and now the Copper River salmon has come in first yeah. of the season. So if you're a salmon fan, that's something for you to check out too because they do a, a really nice job. I actually was in the store the other day and they just got the Copper River salmon in, but they also had some really nice looking steelhead. Mm-hmm. And I made it last night for some friends and I used some of the Japanese barbecue sauce they sell at Zupan's and also some soy sauce from Momofuko. And man, that was delicious. When have you ever heard me reel off a recipe on the podcast? No, well, Zupan's makes it easy. You're right. I didn't even need the recipe, but I, it was those ingredients just made for the perfect dinner. So, Yep. Three locations to serve you. You've got West Burnside, McAdam, Lake Oswego, and we always recommend people keep an eye where, Chris? Zupans.com and subscribe to the News with a Z feed. All right, here it is. Time once again. It is Portland's Food Scene Podcast right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. I am co-host, Court Johnson. And I'm really happy, man. The weather's great. Everything's nice. I'm going to New York shortly. I'm looking forward to that, to do some, go to a Mets game and do some pizza and lobster rolls and see all my old friends there. So uh, that's good. Very nice. Yeah, we're we're talking heading into Memorial Day weekend. They're saying this might be one of the busiest Memorial Day weekends on record. I think people are more comfortable traveling and getting out. So you're doing it, but you've been doing it. Well, as someone who doesn't pay attention to holidays much because, you know, I don't get those days off of work, right? Yeah. I get them off, but I... So I don't pay. I just realized last week, holy shit, we're going on Memorial Day weekend. Right. So, but it's a direct flight, which I think is good. And um, and I just looked into, 
you know how you look in to see about rental cars if you can do better at the last moment right they're more than double than when i booked it oh. because of memorial day weekend so yeah, so there you go plan planning ahead yeah so that worked out nicely so speaking of planning ahead can i mention a couple of things do you mind sure do you mind court if i mention trips i'll i'll allow it okay thank you i appreciate yeah. it and thank you audience for not only indulging me on mentioning a few things that you'll be able to do in your future but also liking and subscribing to this wonderful podcast that we have and we have a really fun episode for you today so please do that but also know we have a couple of spots left to our trip to sicily on september 29th with dear austria ensign and um we've got Everybody on this trip that's going, I know. I don't know if I've ever been able to say that before. I've been able to know 70, 80%, 50% of the people, but I know all of them. And it's really a great, fun group of people. Way back to some friends from Connecticut, speaking of. So um, anyway, so that's happening in September. If anybody wants, we have one more room. So we'd like two people. A couple would be great. Uh, to go with us there. Uh, and we're in the throes of planning five trips for next year or four. Four. So we've got, um, I think I mentioned it before, Big Island Hawaii with the Paleys. It's not yet up on our website, but it will be soon. But I will certainly welcome any inquiries for people to say, tell me when you have it ready and let me know. They can write me at chris at portlandfoodadventures.com for that. That's going to be in May of 2024. But backing up, we're going back to Spain, to Basque Country, Spain, with the folks from Urdaneta in April of 2024, I believe. I'm waiting for them to say, okay, hit the green light on that. And then also another one to Spain in the fall to southern Spain, which would include cities like Madrid, Cordoba, Granada, and maybe Malaga. We'll see. And then we, I just got off the phone with Austri, my Italian everything person who's wonderful, and we're planning a trip to Sardinia in, in late September of 2024. So... There are lots of opportunities. I will say we just had a couple of people go to Spain with us who are podcast listeners, which, Court, is that cool or what? You That's need to awesome. too. Yeah, I, yeah. So you can join podcast listeners. Sure. But, and they absolutely loved it and were beside themselves, and the trip was beyond what they thought it would be. So anyway, thank you, listeners, and you're welcome to join us. They are cool trips, so I view this as a public service announcement. Um, if you don't travel, well, that's too bad because we only live once. So these are opportunities to travel and see the best of these places and not have to plan a thing. You just right. get on a plane and go. And that we that to me would be you. the best part, Chris. That, that is the best part. Yeah. So you don't have to plan a thing. The second best part is you meet like-minded people from generally from the Portland area who are into food. And if you're listening to this podcast, we kind of assume you're into food. Um, you're going to meet some people who could be lifetime friends and could be just dining out in Portland friends. Um, but it's really, it's really cool to see people meet each other, get along, and um, establish relationships. Okay. That being said, speaking of, we're, we have Lindsay Goodrich from Proud Mary, who anybody who has 
who in the past had visited Proud Mary, which is the coolest coffee cafe in that you can find anywhere in the United States. I'll just say that. So cool. They brought the concept of where they had really perfected the morning coffee and breakfast brunch routine in Melbourne, Australia. They brought that first to Portland, then to Austin. And um, the coffee experience they have they offer is unlike any I've ever had anywhere with with tasting uh, with tasting flights and s- smelling the ground. You smell the grounds before you um, before you drink the coffee, and they they serve it in special glasses, and it's pretty cool. You, if you listen to this podcast, you'll learn a little bit more about that. But so Lindsay was the GM, um, and he talks about his journey with Proud Mary back to Melbourne to learn the business where he kind of faked that he knew anything about coffee. And that's kind of fun to hear him talk about that. And then to establish a a spot in Portland, Oregon, their first spot in the United States, move on to um, Austin, Texas, establish that location. In the meanwhile, meet a beautiful woman who was a customer at his cafe, get married, and then move back to where she had family to Boise, and he's running both locations. He's the f- runs the front of the house GM uh, that I mentioned from Boise, Idaho, and uh, it's pretty cool. You know, it's a two thousand. It's a post pandemic world where you do that, and um, so we talk. We catch up with Lindsay after uh, he's been away. He left her in the pandemic to open the Austin store, and one of my favorite people. And to circle back, we did a trip. I mentioned my trips earlier. We did a trip with Nolan from Proud Mary to um, to Melbourne, Australia, a few years ago, and that was just. I think I might put that as my favorite trip of all time. And I'm talking wow. about not just PFA trips, but trips of my lifetime. I always wanted to go to Australia. It was cool. So, have I spoken enough, Court? Are people ready to listen to maybe Lindsay talk a little bit? more than i am right now yeah i I would say chris you have uh spoken adequately (laughs) i think more than adequately so um anyway this is an enjoyable interview also for reference you can google you can go to our website right at the fork.com and then put nolan hurtay h-i-r-t-i hurdy i never remember if i'm pronouncing it right and he's a friend but you can put that in, and we did an interview with him where he talks about establishing Proud Mary. But Lindsay does a very good job of talking about the Proud Mary ethos and what they do, how and why they do it differently. So listen to this one and enjoy. With a cup of coffee. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers and local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years, Ringside has been providing the best steaks and has been the home of the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. 
Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark Restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. Portland Food Adventures. It's your opportunity to travel to the world's most celebrated food destinations with right at the Fork host, Chris Angeles, and some of his favorite chef friends. Check out PortlandFoodAdventures.com for exciting and delicious itineraries to Spain, Italy, and elsewhere. Stay in great hotels, eat incredible food, and leave the planning to Portland Food Adventures. And by... In Oregon, flavor is not just about food, but about character, freshness, and sustaining this beautiful place. Our fishermen continue to work hard to bring that flavor to all families who care about good food and healthy eating. Oregon Dungeness Crab, the flavor of Oregon. Welcome back. I haven't seen you for a while. You know, you were known while you were here as the guy with those long, beautiful locks. And what has uh, what made what made you make make the decision to get rid of those and be and not have the decision to get rid of the hair? You're right. Oh man, I think I I felt like my whole identity was tied to those luscious long locks, and I. Uh, I was worried that it was defining me. I was also worried I might be going bald, which I don't think I am, but uh, that was definitely in the back of my mind as well. But then you could look uh, like me if you were going bald. Wouldn't you want to do that? Well, that's, that's, what I, that's how I'm going anyway. <laughs> but um, no, it was what, New Year's Eve. I was with my then girlfriend, now wife, and we came home from some, I think it was a Proud Mary party, and I was like, hey, grab my beard, grab my beard trimmers, and she just buzzed it in the middle of the night and I showed up at work the next morning and everyone nearly fell over. Oh man. Well, that's cool. So that was the pre wife slash girlfriend, Lindsay. And this is, it was. Yeah. So that's cool. You know, I understand that I have, uh, you know, there's one gentleman who I think may or may not look at this podcast who I think his, his hair defines him to me. Anyway, he's got a great personality, but I think at some point is that, the first thing you want the people to think of when they see you. I don't think that was you. I, when I met you, Thanks. when I knew, I'd never thought the first thing in my mind wasn't your hair. It was your, um, I always thought you were really friendly and, uh, you were like the best guy for Proud Mary to have out front. And, uh, you know, great to know you too. I mean, you're a lot younger than I am and I consider you a great friend. I love that I have friends that are way younger than I am. It's cool. Totally. I hope you have them when you're my age. You will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel it's funny you say that. I feel like for reference, I'm about to turn 36 and I feel very like young and bright. Um, you are, but so. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, totally. But it's I was in Austin what week before last working with all the team there and I'm and it's fun and I'm hanging out and I'm like, "Hey man, so like how how old are you? Like you you really this is really cool. You're awesome. Um how old are you?" And someone will be like, "Oh yeah, I'm like 22." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that now I do feel old." Well, yeah, and then the, then you run into the people who are like, "Oh my god, I'm old. I'm 28." And, uh, oh, come on, please. But I remember years ago, I, when I was um, 20, 
I worked at the Whiskey A Go Go in Los Angeles as the stage oh, wow. manager and lighting director, believe it or not. I like to remind people of that every once in a while that I did have that life too. But so I went back maybe 12 years ago. So I was in my 50s. And I went back there to see, a, it was like a Led Zeppelin tribute, which by the way, is kind of hilarious, because that's what I went to see there, uh, to the whiskey. And I realized there wasn't one person in the club that was alive when I worked there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of strange. I, I support you still, I support you still ripping it i was you know my dad calls me every weekend he's at the bolo which is like a bowling club in australia but they're kind of more a social thing and he's out every week i mean my dad's 72 um and he's out every weekend raging i mean he parties more than i do i feel like he's out dancing like three nights a week wow. uh having a good time and going surfing so i can't say i'm doing that but i'm not you know i do get around a little bit still and have a good time. But yeah, so, yeah. and you are. So let's talk. Let's not, we don't, we can talk about your dad. It's fine. We can talk, but let's not talk about me. <laughs> you tell me what you want to talk no, about. No, <laughs> I want to know. So, all right, let's start with as long as we're there. What do you like to do in your spare? Where are you now, by the way? Are you in Idaho right now? I am, yeah. So I, you know, obviously, like when you and I met, I, I moved to Portland in 2017 to, because Nolan called and, you know, I think three weeks later I was on a plane with like a small suitcase, two pairs of jeans, two pairs of shorts, two pairs of boots and a handful of T-shirts. From, um, from Melbourne. You, you came from Melbourne. I did, yeah. So I And I was working at and managing the cafe in Melbourne and, um, yeah, and kind of moved to Portland fairly kind of, you know, just was like, fuck it. Throw oh sorry, I shouldn't swear. Um, oh, throw caution to the wind. You can. It's okay. Somewhat. It's a podcast. This is not a national. That's thing. fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and had you know three really awesome years there, and then uh, I moved to Austin in 2020, kind of in the middle of the pandemic, um, and spent two years there, and then uh, and my wife's from Idaho, from Boise, um, and so we moved back here in November. Um, and have been kind of hanging out and, you know, I'm like outdoorsy or whatever. I like running in the mountains and all that have you, stuff. So tell me where you've been because Idaho is awesome. I love that. My mm, One of my favorite places uh, on the planet is Stanley, Idaho. Small little mm -hmm. place. Have you been up there yet? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's magic. So I was passing through a few years ago and stopped at a, the um, – Stanley Baking Company, which I hope you've yeah, been to. Yeah, you, no, no yeah, yeah, that's as close yeah, to yeah. Proud Mary as you're going to get within 200 miles of there, yeah. if you can say that. But um, And then I, the server said, this is why front of the house people matter so much, said, why are you going back to Oregon? You should stay here. So I stayed for like five. I went and got a cabin and just stayed for five days because I could and worked from there. So anyway, Idaho is awesome. It's cool that you, it you landed back there. I know when you moved to Portland, I seem to recall you telling me how awesome Portland was and how much you loved it. And that love sort of waned when the pandemic hit, I believe, I, from what I've told you, what you've told me. Yeah, I mean, for I mean, it's weird. I was thinking 
because I was trying to think, I was like, what, what's Chris going to ask me in this thing? I mean, you know, the move to Portland, to be clear, I mean, I've been with Proud Mary for a really long time um, and it's been quite the adventure. Um, and in a lot of ways, I've probably actually kind of grown up in this company. I mean, I started working at Proud Mary when I was 25 and I was kind of like, what the hell am I doing? Um, and I'd been to college twice and have had two degrees and there was a, you know, trying to figure out, was I going to go and like put on a suit? And I was like, no, nah, that sounds terrible. Um, but no, that three years in Portland was like life-changing. I mean, you know, Barney, who was the chef and I became friends and it was just this kind of roller coaster of like, holy moly, uh, this, this business is crazy and it was busy and fun. And I did love Portland. I mean, I truly, I had an amazing time. The rain fucked me up. Um, I, I'm not, Melbourne, where I'm from, rains quite a bit. You know, it's the rainiest city in Australia by, you know, a, a little bit. But uh, the rain kind of kicked my butt. And then, look, I've, I think eventually it was just like time to do something different, you know. Well, you accomplished what you wanted to accomplish was to open this awesome cafe that opened up people's minds and awareness towards what was going on and the other side of the world. Um, it was, mm. to me, the first time I went in there, it was like something completely different. And there aren't a lot of things that can be completely different in Portland. Well, there are, in Portland there can be, but that was, uh, to, I just remember thinking, this is unique and just awesome, and I'm sorry I haven't been here sooner, which is the first thing I think when I go anywhere. But, um, yeah. but no, so you accomplished that. And so I can understand where now you want to go do the same thing in a sort of a similar city, but very different, at least climatic. Mm -hmm. com uh, the climate is much different. So if you got tired of the <laughs> rain different. in Portland, that's not going to happen in Austin. No, I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, I felt lucky to just kind of get invited along for the ride. It was fun. I mean, you know, Nolan and I were chatting yesterday and yeah, I mean, I have plenty of like pinch myself moments of like, man, if I had thought about the like the adventure I've been on in the last six years, I would have laughed if someone had told me that, you know, seven years ago. So no, it's been cool. And Austin is a really cool city. I mean, Austin is that reference of like a sister city to um, to Portland, I think is true in a lot of ways, the food and, you know, that it's such an interesting market for restaurants. There's just so much good stuff um and there's a big audience much like portland you know like you've got a lot of people who want unusual stuff they want unique concepts um yeah i mean i think it, it but it's a very different city too i mean you know austin uh, you know you go down there and it's, it feels very techy you know certainly compared to portland there's lots of like kids with two laptop screens in the cafe like in meetings and you're like man this never happens in portland really yeah i guess no one's working in portland supposedly <laughs> <laughs> portland's expensive to live in so i'm sure they are working i wonder where you drive through laurelhurst or some areas i just wonder where all that comes from there's so much money there and i don't know a lot of people with a ton of money so um i know some yeah. i definitely know some but not a lot not enough to live in all of those houses everywhere that are now a million plus so um but did you spend a summer in austin did you get to did you get to do that yeah 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 i did so we yeah we as i said we moved in 2020 i mean it was hot even we got there in like late september and it was still you know it was 90 degrees in you know in september had a winter that wasn't really a winter i mean they kind of have this like 
month of so-called winter although we did have a freeze we had that like shocking like freeze snowstorm thing that like shut down the state for eight days and just wreaked havoc honestly i mean it was it was carnage i couldn't believe it um and yeah so yeah we did we did two summers and it was like i mean obviously i grew up in the heat and my wife loves the heat and so but it's hot i mean it's no joke even by australian standards like you know if you're not by a cold body of water in texas between the months of you know may and august uh you know it's going to be gnarly and you probably want to be inside it's it's a little limiting eventually you know where it's like oh my gosh it's like it's it's 105 degrees and it's been 105 degrees for 100 days straight and what does that mean for coffee i mean it's not the first thing someone thinks about when it's that hot <coughs> let me go get some coffee i mean people drink coffee as a matter of a daily thing but it's not i can't imagine it helps sell coffee portland weather helps sell coffee it's conducive you think yeah, yeah. i mean it's, I mean, you sell a ton of iced coffee in Texas. I mean, you like, it's, you hope you perfect that game. Um, and, you know, we've got that, the snap chill thing of brewing coffee hot, making it cold. And Nolan kind of made this amazing contraption and that stuff just flies. But I mean, you know, the difference, the interesting thing with Austin though is Austin's like super active like, you know, you go down to the Greenbelt in Austin at 5 a.m. and it's like rammed in the dark with people swimming and running and... Because they have to. Looking fit and whatever. It feels it feels like Sydney um, in a lot of ways. Sydney has that vibe too. It's like everyone's like hot and tanned and whatever. Um, so there's definitely morning people in Austin. So, I mean, the cafe kind of is always, you know, it's always busy quite early. Whereas I remember when we opened Portland, you know, we we opened at 7 a.m. because that's what we did in Australia. And, man, we would just, it was crickets. I mean, you know, they're just, I'd be like, where is everyone? Like, what's going on? And then you'd walk outside and you're like, I mean, if I could be at home in my pajamas having a coffee, I probably would be. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know. So for the uninitiated, because we can't assume that everybody has been to Proud Mary, why don't you, can you give us the, uh, the long elevator speech on what makes Proud Mary different than all the other awesome coffee shops, let's say in Portland or Austin, what makes Proud Mary, what is, what's all Proud Mary all about? Um, I think, I mean, Proud Mary is probably, is at its core just to, you know, call it is, is a coffee company, right? I mean, it's, you know, it's a roasting company. It's sourcing green coffee from, I mean, all over the world. Relationships that span, you know, a decade of buying coffee from the same farmers. And it's all, it's all of that and a crazy focus on quality. I mean, anyone who's met Nolan, Nolan is a huge fan of the exquisite, you know, in terms of like what, what could a coffee possibly be? So that's always like, going to be front and center and i think the cafes are a the cafes are a brand part of that equation which is like hey we've got all this really special coffee and stuff um do, do we have a like we don't want to just be a roastery like how do we share all of that in a bigger experience and probably the different bit is that i don't you know this Australia and the US had this started doing the specialty coffee thing at a very similar time, right? Like, you know, it was way back when, when Stumptown, you know, 
and Matt Lounsbury, who works at Proud Mary, I mean, Matt was a huge part of all that specialty coffee and like, where did the beans actually come from and who, you know, who was the farmer and what's the process and how high was the coffee grown? Australia had that, that thing happening at the same time. And I couldn't tell you why, but Melbourne kind of was certainly the epicenter of it. And as that evolved, food went right with it. So like nighttime chefs who used to have to like work until two in the morning and whatever, maybe started having kids and ended up working in breakfast. And so we started seeing these like really elevated breakfast things where you were like, shit, this isn't like, it's not like nasty scrambled eggs and whatever. It's like, this is like really high end restaurant food, but it's nine in the morning. Um, With beautiful flowers on it and, with fucking flowers and crazy ingredients and, and things started to get very experimental. And so that's the only cafe culture that I'd ever known. And I've you know been working in cafe since I was 17. Um, but I think, you know, in the US, that's a newer thing, which is like, you know, I feel like in the States, I go out for a really great breakfast and the coffee is probably like, you know, it's going to be drip and it'll be fairly basic. And then I'll go to a specialty coffee shop and I'll get a killer coffee after breakfast. I'll hop in my truck and drive to wherever. Um, I think what makes Proud Mary interesting is that it's like this whole sit down, dine in. You've got a server, it's table service, it's engaging and it's food and coffee and juice and tea and fucking smoothies. And I mean, it's like. And they're delicious. but, But I say view it like people do wine tasting. In a couple of different ways. One is you'll do flights. You'll, more so than most wineries, I suppose, you'll teach people how to drink coffee. So, you know, it comes in a, it comes in a, uh, a glass. Stemless wine glass. Right, yeah. a stemless wine glass. And you need to let it cool down a little bit, which is not the default mindset of people who drink coffee. Let me let this cool down. Mm-hmm. But you'll really get the flavor if you let it cool down a little bit. And then, you know, on top of that, there are opportunities. You've got a great coffee menu, which is beyond... Uh, yeah, it's huge. It's beyond anything can ima- yeah. you can imagine. And you can ask ser- your server, here's kind of what I like, what should I try? And then on top of that, the beans that you sell are just whacked out. I mean, most people know that you sold a cup of coffee for 150 bucks not long ago and sold out of that. I did. That was, that was fun. And then, you know, your little tins, how big are those? How many milliliter, millimeters? Or, uh, they're, a, they're 100 grams, grams. Grams, I'm sorry. They're 100 grams. Yeah. So, which is pretty small. And it's, it's, I mean, it's, what is it? I think it's five coffees. Let's call it. Yeah, that's what. Well, I think it's a good pot. It's a it's a decent pot of coffee, and I have told people to view it. They'll go out and buy an eighty dollar bottle of wine, right, and share that with friends. And I view those little tins as the same thing. A really, if you like coffee, and by the way, these are just flavors, right? Wine is a flavor. Coffee is a flavor. Coffee and wine are so similar, right? In in you know so many ways but you're you're spot on right the the challenge for us is we think coffee should be more you know people should be paying more right like if you think on a uh, let's like you know a cup of drip coffee in the united states has been two to 250 to three dollars for like 20 years um what else in the economy has stayed 
at, at that sort of price point? I mean, the answer is not much. I mean, what was your rent 20 years ago? It was bugger, like, it's not, not much. Um, but if you want people to view coffee like wine, then you do have to try and think about elevating the experience so people feel like they're getting something that's you know like would it would it feel like you know at the cafe you said you mentioned stemless wine glasses there's beautiful info cards with farmer information and pictures and served on a cocktail napkin and you get to smell the dry aroma of the coffee those are all the things that allow you to kind of show people that it's it's a more deep product um as opposed to like trying to what would be the example had we sold that 150 dollars cup of coffee in a dynamug like this um with no other information i don't think it would translate and people would rightly be like well this is bullshit like how can you you know what are you doing um so it's like an educating the market bit and i think lots of people get it right well i think a lot of people do and i i really do because i'm not that into wine so i can't but for me the light bulb on wine went off when it's like, I'm going to make a pot of coffee for $35 here. Or then there was an $85. And, you know, we had fun at Christmas comparing the $85 pot to the $35 pot to the regular Stumptown pot. Uh, we did that here, and it was kind of fun. But I get that. And to me, not that I can afford to do that every day, but to, to me, the taste of that coffee, the the that you have in the tins and there are a number of different varieties is so different than any other coffee it's totally it's like a, a completely mind-blowing experience that only proud mary has brought my way i would bet you can find that elsewhere i guess but i know i can yeah. find it at proud mary and uh and i know also i can i'm really excited that we can find uh proud mary at zupans which is a new thing before it was just a- it, it, it's it is a relatively new thing new season i mean yeah obviously that's part of, i mean we're sort of you know when when i first met you i mean we like we moved to the states what nolan and shari first with their two children and then barney and i you know kind of four people and kind of kick kick things off and we were in a really established brand in australia small like a small boutique brand but but established like we had people knew who you reputation. were sure i mean showing up in the u.s was like you know there's like four people no one i mean no one knew who we were which is fine and um but you know things like starting a wholesale business or getting into grocery stores or things like those things definitely take time i mean especially in portland where there's a lot of coffee you know, a lot of people calling on those retail establishments to sell wholesale. Uh, sure. It takes a while. Yeah, they, yeah. They're only going to carry so many. So, Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, it's – we started super small and obviously it's kind of grown and, you know, as we opened Texas, we, you know, all of a sudden we were like, okay, wow, there's like, you know, we've got a lot of people in the U.S. now, you know, uh, probably – more and no, I don't know. Maybe it's about the same as Australia, but yeah, I mean, the US took time to grow, and the cafe also got really busy. I mean, you used to come to the cafe; it was like, oh my gosh, you'd walk outside and you know, you'd you'd hope you 
hadn't had too much coffee because it was like anxiety inducing how busy it was. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, and it was a chaos. It was. I don't know if it was planned from the get go. I think it was, but it wasn't a bad thing to get take the time and the have the investment to get established in Portland, and then use that to move into Austin because the Austin people follow what's going on in Portland. And I know a few Austin people that were really excited when they heard Proud Mary was coming their way. So you had you had a little more leverage, not leverage, uh, you had a little more of an advantage moving into Austin than you did to Portland, right? You had an automatic knowledge of Proud Mary in the States. Yeah. And we also, I mean, I think... Established knowledge, I should say. We're not a huge company, so it kind of makes sense for us to do it to, to grow at a pace that's a little more like, okay, cool, like let's let's get this thing right and then we'll go and, you know, take on something fun that's different and um yeah. So I mean it you know, it's obviously it's the growth has happened slowly, but it's you know, it's nice when it happens like that because we can kind of take time to like enjoy it too. And that which I think, you know, we all really have. It's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So let, let's take an opportunity to, uh, just take a break for a word from our sponsor. And then I want to come back and talk about, okay, you've opened in Portland, you're open in Austin, you've opened in Melbourne. What the fuck are you doing in Boise? Let's talk about how that works. Sure. Hey, Chris, let's pause a moment and talk about Oregon Dungeness Crab. It's a favorite dish at holiday gatherings, special occasions, or just when you're in the mood for the sweet, delicate deliciousness you can only get from Oregon's tastiest crustacean. It's harvested sustainably from Oregon's cold, clean coastal waters and is available now at your favorite seafood retailer or restaurant. Oregon Dungeness serves up equally as an appetizer or an entree and lends itself to both down home and white tablecloth cuisine. And it's also as nutritious as it is tasty. We know it's tasty. A three ounce portion of cooked meat has 19 grams of protein and contains important minerals and amino acids. It's low in both fat and calories as well as cholesterol and carbohydrates. That's important to me. Yeah. And rest assured, the fishermen are not just delivering a delicious and healthy product. They're also taking care of natural resources for future generations. Visit OregonDungeness.org for information on preparing your favorite crab dish and learning more about the fleet. So go ahead and crack the mystique. Oregon Dungeness Crab, the flavor of Oregon. All right. We are fortunately back. We have the good fortune of having... Lindsay Goodrich of Proud Mary with us, and he's been someone I've wanted to have on the podcast for quite some time. We had, by the way, for those, and I think we talked about this in the intro, but we do have an interview with with uh, Lindsay's partner in crime and his boss, um, Nolan Herte, uh, uh, earlier on in the ballgame, so you can search our archives for that. And that is interesting. We talk about hospitality and someone who grew up with that in his blood who wanted to establish something different and new. That's fun to listen to. So you did too. How did you and Lynn's, uh, how did you and uh, Nolan meet? How did this happen? Mm-hmm. 
I was living in New York and I wanted to learn. More. I was actually working for another Australian cafe kind of concept and I wanted to, I really wanted to like deep dive on coffee. I felt like I, I was super into coffee and I wanted, I was like a barista and was doing the thing. And I was like, I really like need to know all the things. Um, and I kind of looked around in New York and to be honest, I was like, man, I'm from like, I'm from Melbourne and anyone who's been there and experienced the kind of coffee culture there and I'll sound biased. It's amazing. I mean, it really is like to be in this tiny city in this tiny, you know, weird little country in the middle of nowhere and have this bananas, amazing kind of coffee cafe culture seems unusual. Anyway. I kind of realized I was like, well, shit, if I need to learn about coffee, I should just fucking go home. Like, that's probably the answer. Anyway, I got, I had a job lined up and it didn't work out. Uh, and I knew someone who might have worked at Proud Mary and I kind of told them I knew more than I did about coffee and managed to get a stage, like, you know, to come and make coffee. And it was a mess. Like it was, I was not good. I was not, at, I was not at the level I, I would have needed to be to get a job, but uh, yeah, I kind of got in the door and um, started to kind of figure it out. And then, I mean, I don't know, Nolan and I, you know, kind of always started just chatting and hanging out and, you know, Nolan was my boss, but he was really cool. And I mean, anyone who's met Nolan, Nolan's like a, massive visionary kind of you know he's a he's a really amazing dude um and really fun to work with because i mean if you if you're looking for someone to think of amazing out there projects to go and chase after i mean he's he's great for that um is he responsible for most of the creativity that goes on or is is it as much of a team effort or how's that work I know. I mean, I think it's Nolan. Uh, I mean, particularly on the coffee, you know, on all of it, but on the coffee side of things, you know, Nolan is always thinking of ways to improve. And I mean, you know, if you've been to the cafe in Portland, you've seen like an espresso machine built into a counter that's got six separate groups that are all, you know, it feels very unusual. I mean, Nolan kind of dreamed up that stuff and, and then, you know, we figure out how to, I mean, he figured out how to kind of land the plane on like, all right, like, what does this actually look like? And then more recently, you know, if you've seen pictures of Austin, anyone who's on here, you can see them on the Instagram account. But I mean, Nolan made a freezer in Portland to house coffee with grinders underneath it. And he was got a hole sore and he's drilling holes through this freezer and going through gas lines. I mean, it was kind of crazy. Um, but he's... It, I think a lot of it's, you know, most of it's Nolan. He's he's massively kind of interesting. He's also super technical, which I'm not, just to be clear. I mean, I, like, have trouble finding the studs in my wall to hang a TV. Um, I'm not handy. Uh, Nolan is, like, Nolan could start a beautiful bespoke furniture company tomorrow and it, it'd be a knockout success. I mean, the the tables and the chairs and all that stuff at the cafe Nolan and his dad built. And, you know, I mean, if you want to see the most boutique uh, ping pong table that you've ever seen in your life, I mean, Nolan loves ping pong and he's built himself this absolutely gorgeous. So he's super hands-on too. It's like, obviously he can dream it, but in a lot of ways he, for the most part, he can, he can then go and like, you know, he's wiring electrical stuff and it's like, 
you know, he's he's got that that mind for it. So I think, yeah, I mean, he's definitely the, you know, looking forward. Um, I feel like I'm much more operational. I'm like the try and figure out how to do it or, you know, what, connect the dots. Was it Nolan's father that uh, taught, maybe influenced him on all of this stuff? And if not for that, would you just have a pretty much a really nice coffee shop with well-sourced coffee? Is that um, – I? I don't know. I think I'm sure. Yes, Bob is. Bob is. You know, Nolan grew up in Western Australia. His father worked in the mining industry, and Bob is similarly. You're like, you know, when I hopped off the plane in Portland in 2017, I think I threw my bag down where I was staying, and immediately went to the cafe and you know walked in, and it was a full-on construction site at that point. Um, and Nolan and his dad were in there, like, you know, with hammers and table saws and whatever else doing that stuff by hand. I mean, you know, particularly Portland, you know, like everything you look at, you're like, oh, wow, like they, someone built that and it was Nolan and his dad. So I'm guessing that's where he gets it from. Yeah. Well, that's it's very, it's very impressive. I mean, it's, you know, I think, I think you're jack of all trades. That sort of answers. That's a big part of the answer to the question that I asked, which is what makes it different is that, uh, is that thread running through everything that's done, not only the coffee, but the seats and the the vibe of the place and how everything's done, the the display shelves in the front and um, and the service too. Proud Mary's high touch too. I mean, you know, for the I think you know for for a coffee shop model or cafe or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it is high touch. Like the service is you know, pretty engaging. It's not stuffy. I mean, it's breakfast. No one needs linen and, and bow ties and, you know, pressed whatever, pressed shirts. But, you know, it is a high-touch sort of environment. And it, the idea is that it's very warm. Um, and I think, I mean, my thought with that is too, like, we're small. Like, you know, it's Nolan is still in the business. I'm obviously very in the business all the time. Um, so it, luckily like the cafes still feel very like they should, you know, I think that, so let's know, talk if about we going to another 50 proud Marys. Would it feel the same? I, I mean, it wouldn't. Well, I want to talk, I want to get to that, how many proud Marys there may be someday, but I also, when you say you're very involved, let's talk about how you stay very involved, at least now from Boise. I don't know how much you're traveling to go to some of the shops, but how do you, um, I was extremely, I mean, when I decided that we were going to move to back to Boise, I had, you know, huge amounts of dread because I love what I do and I love the company. I love working with Nolan and Shari and I've been here a long time and I was kind of like, okay, well, I mean, maybe, maybe this is the end of the road and that would be rough, but I'm, you know, I need to make a decision for my, like my lifestyle and, you know, my marriage and whatever. Um, and I spoke with Nolan and he was like, well, you know, let's, let's like, let's give this a shot. And at the time I'd already been very involved in helping manage Portland and, and Melbourne um, in terms of obviously I can't physically be there all the time, but I was traveling a lot to Portland and I was helping get things right, get the numbers to make sense, put the systems in place and keep things doing what we wanted. Um, and so Nolan graciously was like, well, let's, 
let's keep doing it as long as you're cool to travel um i think we can make this work uh and and i think it is working i mean yeah i, I travel quite a bit so I, you know i come to portland you know whatever it is and austin um and then i was just in australia um so yeah so i'm i guess i'm still overseeing all of the retail cafes that's like that's kind of what I, my role's grown into um i'm very much learning how to do that role i'm you know i always try really hard um but i'm you know i'm trying to figure out you know it's four different businesses in three cities and three time zones and um yeah trying to make sure i can add value and teach people things well synergy is important so someone's got to be the orchestra leader right connecting portland with austin with melbourne they all mm -hmm. you know when you were in portland and you're running that it runs really well but now that you've got a few different arms out there i think it makes sense for one to learn from the other and and systems that are in place that are consistent right if they work one place they got to work elsewhere so totally when you come down to it it really you know wh wherever that person is and it's you uh you need you need someone in that role yeah and i think that's probably you know what nolan and his brother jamin were sort of thinking as we kind of talked about this role of someone to oversee you know when we had two cafes yeah, it was, it was okay that they sort of operated almost a little bit, you know, obviously they weren't operating on their own, but it was a little, you know, less connected. And the, the hope is that as, you know, obviously now we've got four cafes is that we can kind of keep them feeling the same and, and looking the same and offering similar. And just to be clear, our menus at every cafe are wildly different, but make sure they feel like proud Mary. Um, and, and also, I mean, you know, I work, you know, I chat with Nolan all the time. So when I, you know, I'm doing it, but I'm obviously, you know, there's this kind of constant feedback loop, you know, and Nolan's in Austin of like, hey, you know, are we thinking about this or wouldn't it be fun to do this or, you know. Um, so there's a lot of that. Uh, yeah, trial and error, figuring things out, changing things, tweaking things all the time. Um but it's just more, it's more cafes now. So it's like, you know, if something works in one cafe and, you know, Portland maybe or whatever, we'll be like, all right, like let's, that, that should happen in Melbourne or, you know. Are you, are you continuing to develop new ideas and uh, innovate, innovate in <coughs> Portland or it goes pretty well? How much do you need to do that's new other than maybe an event menu item? Um, what are you developing in any of the cities, I can see where Austin's probably new enough where some new things have to come up and things that are uh, specific to that city. But I mean, there was a lot of tech for Austin um, on the coffee side that was very unique. I mean, there's a nine foot long custom freezer sitting on a wall with grinders that slide. And it, I mean, it's kind of very. Who fixes it's a, that? It's, I mean, no, we, I mean, so Nolan obviously designed the prototype in Portland. We built, you know, he built two and whatever else built one for Melbourne. We shipped one to Melbourne. Um, and then when we went to do Austin, we were like, all right, what would it look like if we like went all in, found a, an engineering kind of person to build this thing legit. Um, and 
I got on the hunt for someone who would, you know, think about doing something like that. And, you know, the grinders were made by this kind of amazing guy in Germany called Frank, who's kind of pretty out there. So, you know, all of a sudden we're coordinating, you know, me and Nolan in Austin, this guy in Germany who's customizing these wacky grinders and this guy in Vegas who's, you know, building a freezer with holes in it that, I mean, the whole thing. So that, I mean, it's more like, you know, maybe we're innovating in Austin or we're innovating in that new spot and then that stuff will carry into the other cafes as we perfect it and as it gets better. Um but I mean, there's always stuff going on. Do you know, with, and are you, are you at liberty to share how much that setup in Austin ended up costing when all was said and done? That sounds expensive to have things done, engineered and developed in Germany, and then shipped and you know shipping things to Melbourne. Do you have a ballpark on what that costs? Because you got to sell a I lot of cups of coffee of to pay for that. I mean, I can tell you that. I, I mean, I'm not going to tell you the number, but I don't, I mean, it's, it's restaurants are expensive to build. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Um, I think for us still, and I mean, anyone who's been to Portland, like Nolan built that whole thing, you know, it was like people on ladders painting until the, you know, five you minutes, know, hours before, yeah, hours before we opened and we were like, right, fuck, here we go. Let's off we go. And in Austin, we did as much of it as we could too, you know. Um, so yeah, you can't put a price on it because when it's your labor, I mean, you could, you could calculate that, but I mean, I could tell you that, you know, and I don't, I mean, I'm sure I've got them somewhere. I mean, Nolan had these, you know, they're interesting. I, you know, I'm sure he's kept them cause they were cool. I mean, Nolan was sketching up ideas with a pencil of phrases and diagrams and, you know, we'd be, you know, I mean, a huge amount of his time of like no, 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 guy in Vegas, it needs to look and look a bit more like this and that would go to Germany. And, I mean, it was like just this kind of circular sort of like thing for a long time. Um, Those need to be framed know. and put up in the shop or I was going to say sell for charity, but I think they're better off in the shop. They're super cool. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, it's – I think we still as a, and particularly because Nolan's so hands-on, I mean, and so crafty. I mean, Nolan still was like building tables for Austin and had a little workshop down in the garage in the basement of the where the Austin cafe is. And he and Shari were, you know, putting making chairs and all that kind of jazz. Um, I'm amused because someone's doing some work on your house right behind you out the window. I don't know if you know that's going on. I can shut that. No, I don't care. It's not, this is not a video podcast, but I think it's. It was funny because while you were talking about construction and building, that it's almost as though that was on cue. Do that. So it looked pretty amusing. So what are the what are the future plans for the company, uh, both from a retail standpoint and, you know, I think there are major opportunities, as you know. Um, for retail sales, wholesale sales, and that sort of thing. What, mm-hmm. what are the what are the future plans? New new locations, that sort of thing, that you're able to share. Um, I think. I mean, on coffee side, I think the the best of Panama kind of thing, which I mean, you mentioned before, is being a hundred and fifty dollar cup of coffee. But you know, it was from this very kind of prestigious contest in in Panama that happens every year. And 
you know, we've, you know, since we moved to Portland, we've been like, all right, well, like, you know, I remember putting a $12 cup of coffee on the 14 on the menu in Portland and people were kind of a little outraged or there was a fair bit of like, wait, why? I got to like, try that. <laughs> yeah. Or, or people being like, that's ridiculous. Um, and that's a good conversation. And certainly the best of Panama thing with the $150 cup, that was interesting. Like that was interesting from a, like, what can the market support standpoint? Um, and it's that coffee sold out in two, two days. Right. So it's not um, just to be clear for everybody listening, you didn't put that on the menu and that was a thing. And people ordered $150 cups of coffee. You had a limited, no, a limited amount of beans that would make X like, it was cups. a ton, it was a very small amount of coffee because we paid two thousand dollars for a pound of that coffee. That's green coffee. So when you once it's roasted, it's maybe it's you know pound and a half or whatever it is. Um, but it was a really fun exercise for us because I mean, a we were all really excited. It's in our world, it was a very special coffee. Um, but it was also really fun to see people kind of interact with this like kind of out there thing of like wow i mean like i mean even for us we were a bit like is this you know really hope this works <laughs> well you know, it's, it's an awesome it's a, press it's an awesome pr move i don't think i i think there's you all are very genuine i don't think anybody sat around and said what could let's have a pr meeting what can we do but i thought it was no. it was unbelievable because it got press everywhere and no matter what anybody thinks of a $150 cup of coffee it's like anything else they're talking about it and so it was every well and the was answer everywhere. was is will someone buy it yes hopefully I mean we've made a real effort in the cafes too to like keep a broad range right like you know yeah you can come and get a drip coffee for three bucks fifty and we're going to put a ton of effort into making sure that thing fucking rocks and then and then, yeah, yes, it's, you know, it's the same thing when you go to a restaurant, like, you know, you look at the wine list and you're like, okay, there's a $40 bottle of wine. And then way over on this page, there's a $10,000 bottle of wine. I mean, that's, that's all we're doing. We're offering, you know, a breadth of things that are, that are, that people can think about or ask questions about. Um, so that's interesting as we grow. I think, you know, everyone's kind of like excited about what we can do in terms of, releasing really unusual coffees and 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 knowing that there's a that that we can find a home for them too because it's like you know it's one thing to get those super crazy coffees in your hands and it's another thing to you know have a mechanism to move them on and and sell them and i think you know we've worked hard to kind of build that and so everyone's really excited about what that looks like um I mean, certainly whole, like the wholesale and all that stuff, you know, is, is certainly growing and it's, it's really fun and it's cool. And I was lucky enough when I moved to Texas to, I got to spend a year and a half <laughs> doing all the wholesale for the States and, um, super fun experience. I don't come from a sales background at all. Never done anything like that in my life. And, and it was cool. I mean, like, but when it comes from the, the heart, it makes and, it easier. You don't need to, you with such a great product. You don't need to learn the closing techniques, right? That's no. And you're not, and you're not like, right. you're not knocking on doors. It's more like a fun. I found it to be a really fun thing of, what's a good example of like, you know, someone calls from Saskatchewan, Canada, and I'm on the phone and I'm like, Hey, like, let's, let's go on. Thanks for reaching out. What's going on? And they're like, Oh, you know, it's, I'm like, what's the temperature there? And they're like, Oh, it's, it's, 
minus 45 degrees and i'm like wow like okay cool like how'd your car turn on this morning it was fun because you would just chat with people for the most part i mean like you said it's not it's not a hard i've never had to think about like a hard sell it was more like who can we connect with are there people that are fun that we like and they're cool people to do business with and that makes it really great um you know i used to go to dallas and made some friends who had a coffee shop up there and who i still chat with lots wayward in dallas if anyone's in dallas they're super cool they just opened a new place but yeah it was more like a fun thing of like just connecting the dots and meeting people you know in a in a country that i am not from and you know sometimes you know don't know people so um yeah so i think you know wholesale is interesting and on the cafe side man we just opened a cafe chris (laughs) Well, I know, but there's obviously opportunity. I mean, I'm always thinking New York for you would be pretty awesome, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not in that business, but considering you're all very hands-on, you can only open so many at a time. This is not like Starbucks where you can just go, go, go and send blueprints. No, it's not. And I think, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't know what it would, you know, I don't, I don't think there's an, I don't think not i think i don't think nolan and shari want to go and you know open 70 proud marys in you know every medium to large scale city and i think to your point it's like you know we are a small team and um you know i i wonder you know like you know nolan was talking about margaret river margaret river for anyone who doesn't know is South Perth is Western Australia. It's the most isolated city in the world. It's where Nolan's from. And you drive down into this wine region. It's beautiful. It's like amazing surfing and fishing and beaches. And it's very bush. It's very Australia. I mean, you know, I think, I don't know. I shouldn't speak for Nolan. I feel like the next Proud Mary would be somewhere that was a really fun place to live um, or enjoy rather than a like, you know what everyone else is doing they're going to denver let's go to denver um i don't see that being the thing i think Um, it's a lifestyle choice too right i mean i know nolan didn't mind the idea of moving to portland and then when the time was right didn't mind the idea of moving to austin i don't think he would have wanted to go to oklahoma city nothing wrong with oklahoma city everybody but uh no i know but i think you're right right like it's you know when you think about you know when you're when you are a small team and you know you have people are moving there's absolutely a lifestyle component and you know i think nolan and shari and austin is a great like man they've got such a cool life going there and it's i mean i actually i stayed with them the last time i was down there for work um it's cool like you know yes it's a it's a move that's connected to work but it's also like you know their kids love it they've got a great community of people around them so I think in that respect, yeah, I don't know. Like, and once again, I, I can't speak for what the thing is, but I mean, like, do I want to, do I, Lindsay Goodrich, um, do I want to move to New York? No. no well, you've York. already done that I've too. Lived, That's one thing. I have. And it, and it was very cool, um, you know, at a time, but like, you know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to move to New York. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I've got, I've got thoughts about, you know, I think we've all got thoughts about what it would look like. And I, you know, the strange thing is too, 
this isn't an argument for doing it, but I, I do think like, you know, I think if, if you had the appetite and you really wanted to do it, you know, you probably could go and open a Proud Mary in 20 cities in the States and they'd all do really well. I think it's a good concept, um, but it's just a matter of like. That's what your priorities that, that are. The, yeah. Is that the direction you want to go? Is that what, is that what kind of fires you up is opening two restaurants a year and i think if what fires you up is a great cup of coffee then that isn't necessarily what you want to do is you can't drink coffee on a treadmill and and by that i mean you know i don't mean that a literal treadmill i mean a treadmill of life that just doesn't stop so uh i mean and you've been around restaurant people for you know so long and you know i mean it's also like you know restaurants cafes like it's challenging. It's, it, it's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of people. Um, it's the margins are you know a, 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 a slim. Um, and things are changing so it, too. It, it's getting everybody's had to raise prices a little bit. That puts pressure on a lot of things. Uh, in, the world changed too. Yeah. I mean, you know, like COVID culturally shifted attitudes towards the restaurant industry you know, in, in good and bad ways. And, and I, you know, I think, yeah, I think it, it also gave people this pause button of life to be like, well, you know what, maybe I want to go and do a web design thing course now that I'm, you know, now that I've got this pause. And so I think, you know, you did see a lot of people like, you know, change and leave the industry and, you know, yeah, it did. It certainly shifted things. It's put on, we could talk about that, but it's been discussed on this podcast the labor shortage and how it affects our restaurants. Chris, we are pausing just a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat in Portland, an institution, as it were, Ringside Steakhouse. 79, over 79 years. I remember we were just saying 75 years, so time's flying, and uh, and we're coming up on an 80-year institution in Portland, uh, Ringside Steakhouse, where now, something they didn't have for most of those 80 years was, an, was outdoor dining, and their patio is awesome, and um, it's a really nice spot to eat. They have, they have some heaters out there if you need them. It's really pretty. So whether you're eating, you know, when you eat at ringside, you can either eat in the beautiful dining room, the bar now, you can make reservations to eat in the bar, or outside. Lots of choices there, in addition to lots of choices for different cuts of steak. Right, Court? Yeah, I was just telling you this off air, Chris. I went just recently with my wife, Randy. Uh, You had been telling me, you got to get the Wagyu, you got to get the Wagyu. I I finally did, um, because there's so many great items to choose from, and I just hadn't got to it yet. I went with the olive-fed Wagyu, and easily the best steak I have ever had in my life. I, I was dumbfounded by it. It's a treat. It's not something you're going to get every time you go in there because it's a little expensive. Sure. But I've seen it for way more elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's something if you have, you know, a couple of times you get to say just like you did that it's the best steak you've ever had. And they yeah. have it. They have different options, too. So olive, olive fed is just one of them. The food, the food is delicious. And the service is absolutely bar none. The best in town. We had Colin serving us, and just the best service the entire night. Best food. If it's a special occasion, if it's not a special occasion, Ringside Steakhouse is the place to go. 
Yeah, it will be just going there. It will turn into a special occasion. There it is. So, uh, and they also have food to go now. And they even on their website, they've got a, a scrolling banner. Ringside steaks are on sale. So that's a good opportunity as well. So they are on West Burnside. They're open. Let's give the hours here. 4.30 to 9, Monday through Thursday. 4 to 9.30, Friday and Saturday. And 4 to 9 on Sunday. And, of course, set up those reservations. You can do that through the website, ringsidesteakhouse.com, or on the Open Table app. The other thing that I've learned uh, after doing this podcast for almost 10 years now is I always want to ask, what do you do in your spare time? And then most of the people, as you just alluded to, in the business really are just married to the restaurants. And... And they don't get a lot of spare time. They wish they had more spare time. But I'm assuming if you're in Boise, Idaho, and you're a fit guy who likes to do things, what do you, what do, you do? How do you uh, take advantage of your spare time there and elsewhere? And the other question I want to ask you is, uh, I'm going to ask you as a second part of this because I'll forget, but... When you go into a coffee shop in Boise or anywhere in the world, are you able to just sit and enjoy it and love the coffee shop, or are you, do you compare? Okay, so first question is, what do I do in my time off? I kind of got very into running, and I mean, I'd always been into exercise, but I got very into running, and so I run a lot, and Boise's great for that. Like, anyone who spent time here, it's like you can drive – 10 minutes that way and you're in the mountains. I mean, like you're quite literally like running and there's birds chirping and snakes and whatever else. And so I do a lot of that. I've got a crazy cattle dog, a blue healer that like needs a ton of exercise, which is perfect Mm because I'm fairly high energy. So I do a bit of that and hang out with my wife and cook and garden a little bit. And what does she do? Um, My wife works uh, for an e-commerce company. Um, uh, that does kids pajamas and it's super cute. I mean, it's like, it's such a cool brand. Um, and she works remote and I mean, their, their whole company's remote. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, that's what we do. We've, it's been really nice to come back to Boise. I mean, just for reference, I think as anyone who's moved country and obviously it's nice to have community in the form of family. Um, I, you know, obviously, don't don't live anywhere near my family um and so it's wonderful to be in a city where like you know the aunties and uncles will invite us out for dinner or there's cousins or you know you've got kind of a network of people that's built in that feels good um and so that's been i mean that was a big driver for moving here and that's a great thing to actually love that family because it's very possible to fall in love with somebody and then realize oh this is uh, these family get-togethers man i don't know no. i mean i'm and i'm just saying that that possibility exists so that's awesome that, that, that you got you got the bonus of that too because that doesn't always happen totally and then what was the second question? The second again? question is when you oh, go for a yeah, cup yeah. of coffee, can you just enjoy it and think this is a cool place? And I'm sure you do, but do you always feel like you need to compare the coffee and the experience? Mm. I'm always interested in like, I'm always interested in concept 
like, you know, I'm, I, if I see something or like, and it's not always product based, right? Like, you know, I think there's, it's, you know, I might go somewhere where they've clearly got a really interesting community and I'm like around the business and I'm like, well, that's, that's fucking cool. How do they, like, how do they do that? Like, what's, what does that come from? Um, but no, I try to like, you know, I try to just enjoy it. And I, I still like, I mean, I still am very interested about cafes, no matter how they look, you know, I, and, and just to be clear, I'm also like, I'm professionally, I, you know, in my work life, I love coffee. I love our coffee and I love the wacky, crazy things that we get to do with coffee and so it's like especially you know when i go to portland or i go to austin or melbourne yeah i'm stoked i mean i'm drinking fucking coffee that tastes like crazy skittles and it's fruity and wild and whatever yes i'm definitely into that but on the day-to-day i'm like i'm happy to go to someone's coffee shop and drink you know good good drip and i drink a lot of drip coffee do you you drink it black yeah but I drink, I mean, you know, I've, since we moved to the States, for anyone who doesn't know, this drip coffee is not a thing in Australia. It's becoming a thing and it's called batch brew and it's, it's actually very like bougie. Like all the hip kids are drinking batch brew, filter coffee, which you guys would, you know, consider drip coffee, but it's not norm, the normal thing, right? What's the, know, normal, Australia, what's the normal thing there? We had, we had a huge, you know, migration of Italians to Australia and I think, I mean, I'm not going to... I. 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, they brought espresso machines. So, like, if you're in a cafe in Australia, you will be drinking espresso. You'd be, it'll be lucky if you can find filter coffee, drip, or batch brew, or whatever you want to call it. And since moving to the States, I almost don't drink any espresso ever because I love drip coffee. I find when I go to Europe, I'm dying for a, just a cup of drip coffee. I'm just I, it's so much easier for me to manage with a little bit of milk instead of a big g- giant <coughs> cup full of milk with a little espresso. I'm just like, please let me have my morning the way I want it. So I love getting back to my proud Mary at my home. And you can and you can order coffee. So this is you know, like you go to a coffee shop in the, in the States and no matter where it is, you can always be like, I'm just going to get, I'll get an eight ounce coffee right. or 12, whatever. Forget the size. I'll just get a coffee. I distinctly remember being in Proud Mary in Australia and, you know, people would come in from the States and be like, yeah, I'll just get a coffee. And I'd be like, <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> like, we don't have that. We've got flat whites. We've got cappuccinos and long blacks or Americanos or whatever. We don't have coffee and people would you know be like okay like okay you know and you'd have to figure out what they were looking for um and now i'm the opposite where i'm like i really only want to you know i drink pour over or or drip yeah i'm well i learned uh i've always had just a little bit of milk in my coffee but it was at proud mary i learned if you really if it if you think it's going to be a special flavor then let it cool off a little bit and try it black and then add milk if you really feel like you need to. But uh, it's it's really nice to sure. get the, the real flavor of the coffee that way. And 
uh, I thank Proud Mary. I thank you guys for a lot. So, uh, including, Thanks, including, I'll tell you what, I never really had a bucket list in my life, but on my bucket list since I was a kid was to go to Australia. And I had that. And you did. I did. I had that opportunity and I'm, I'm hoping to go back again. And I also thank Nolan for when we went, we were going to do a, af- a post trip. And I asked him about New Zealand and he said, no, 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 no. If you were an Australian, you'd go to Tasmania. And so that's what we did. And you went. And that was one of the, those were some of the best days of my life were in Tasmania and Maria, Maria Island. We, we chartered a plane and went out there and had kangaroos jumping around us while we had a picnic. Does it get any better than that? Yeah. I mean, I admittedly have only been to Tasmania once, but I mean, super interesting. I think Australia, I mean, Australia is interesting just because it's so isolated, you know, like the things that happen. Uh, are kind of unique because there there is so little outside influence a lot of the time. I mean, they're kind of people are doing what they think is the thing, and 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 it's super cool and interesting. Right, and um, I thought Melbourne was just a beautiful city, easy to navigate. People were really friendly. Mm-hmm. You don't have a language barrier there. It's nice. It's just the just the strong accents. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I can't put on closed captioning in conversation, but it might help. I, I found like watching Ted Lasso, I found that if I, I hate closed captioning, but that's where it really helps because with the accents, you miss a little bit. It helps. But at any rate, I don't, I've never had a problem with understanding you, uh, your speech um good or or nolan either so and it's been a pleasure and you know i don't know if you're aware but we had done our uh snake river trips which is close to you not too far from you it is with a a couple who owned canyon outfitters for 40 years and lynette hauptman who they just retired they are she's from australia and they used to do guide trips in australia and they're U.S. winters that here and go to summer. So I'm talking to them about doing a, uh, you know, country out in the wilds of Australia trip. And I want to loop. I haven't brought it up to Nolan yet. I want to loop Nolan in for three or four days of city. So I want to do a city country Australia thing. That'd be cool. I think that would be a lot of fun. So Canyon Outfitters. Yeah. Man, they've got the life. You go camping all year and escape the winter. Yeah, and it's well, it kept them busy, but they just sold it after forty years. So there's a new company. They don't exist any longer, actually. Someone bought their permit, and they're running the river up there. But anyway, uh, so some of my favorite people are from Australia. Figure, you know, tell me why that is. There's, but it's there's some there's some good ones. Uh, there's some really really good ones out there, and I'm just really happy the last few years. You know, you had said it before. Who would have thought that 12 years ago, you or seven years ago, you said you'd be doing what you're doing and having the experiences that you have. And, you know, you met your wife because you happen to be in this area. I met, I met my wife at the cafe. Yeah. That, yeah. S- sitting at table 45 or whatever. Oh, know, she'll it. love that you know. you. Well, you would know table 45. It's not like in your past. It's in your present. Yeah, yeah. So, I like to tell customers when I go to Portland who are sitting at that table. I'm like, you know, I met my wife at this table. That's awesome. I don't know. If they think it's funny, I think it's funny. So, but, you know. and how did that come about? Did you uh, have an immediate attraction and then figure out how, how this was going to work? Or t- tell us a little bit about that. Definitely immediate attraction. My wife's really cool. She's 
an amazing person. Um, she was living in Boise though. So we, we were, she was traveling and working in tech and we were doing a lot of back and forth. And um, How did the first date happen? That's what I want to know. I think the first date ended up with one of her friends and one of their friends. And so it was like, but yeah, we, we very quickly were like, this is, this is awesome. And so I would fly to Boise or we'd go and meet up in Palm Springs or she'd come to Portland or whatever. And then, man, and then not that long after we'd been dating, I was like, yo, I really want to hang out with you, but I'm, I have to go to Australia. I haven't gone and seen my family. And I was like, do you just want to come? Like, why don't you just come to Australia? Um, and she was like, sure. Uh, and I think like, you know, three weeks later, she was like sitting at my mom's house in Melbourne, and, hanging out, doing the family thing. And how long did um, it take to get to marriage for you two? Two years. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then, you know, I, and it's, I, it's I, been... I proposed at Mount Tabor on a beautiful, you know, summer's afternoon or whatever it was during COVID too. It was kind of like, it's like, well, we're not going to go to a restaurant. Like, so well, got to figure something out. Portland will forever be in your heart, no matter what happens in your next 35 years. Man totally and i still like you know i go to mount Tabor every time i'm in portland i go and run and it's like i still think mount Tabor is arguably the most badass city park that i've ever been to um i mean it's just like that's saying a lot considering magic. you're in boise there's got to be a few there no there's good parks here too yeah but no that's cool that one feels that one feels special though i mean i lived just off belmont when i first moved to portland so it's like I don't know. That part of Portland always, you know, feels good. Well, I'm glad you've diversified. You're all over the place now and you're in great cities doing, I mean, your life is focused around coffee. How much better does it get than that? So, uh, I totally agree. And I have to, you know, you know, it's, you know, my work's always, it's different. Obviously now I'm like a little more administrative, um, but yeah, I was kind of reminding, uh, you know, the team, the teams always of like we get to like come to work and hang out, listen to music with our friends and drink amazing coffee and chat with people. Like that's kind of the job. That's really fucking cool. Like if, if that's what, if that's what work looks like, that, that feels really good to me. Okay. Last thing, tell everybody how they need to be, a customer in terms of ordering that you don't have to tell them to be polite and be nice to people because their days can be difficult. But if you're walking into proud Mary, what do you want to do? What do I want them? Yeah. To do? What, what would you suggest for the best proud Mary experience uh, to maybe order or how, how to ask for coffee? What would you suggest? I would Come in like ready to have fun. I think firstly the cafes are like it's it's not a quiet like lo-fi thing. It's like very high energy. So come in and like be ready to like chat, and people are going to come and talk to you, and it's going to be pretty interactive. Um, if you're into coffee, all the frozen deluxe coffees on the back menu are really. I mean, obviously, you know, if you want to try something completely different than anything you ever ha- would have had, I mean, I would ask the service be like, "What's the wildest thing on this menu?" Um, and it's not going to be $150. I can tell you that it's, you know, it, it's, but it's, it's an opportunity to try something super different. The baristas are interested in it. So they'll obviously be super engaged. And then I don't know, get the hot cake and the hash and the hash. 
Gotta get the hash. Get the fucking hash. Yeah, dude. And the, get ha- the, hash. And the hat the cake, hash too. I say so come good. back twice. Or go with someone and order both. But come back twice with someone. and got to order both of those things. Hot cake hash. Have a juice. And you know. I just want to clarify, because people may not understand, when you talk about the frozen coffees, the beans are frozen to keep them as fresh as possible. And so you, so Nolan <laughs> has devised a whole uh, system or, or what, what would we call it? Not impl- uh, uh, I mean, it's turned into a whole thing of we're concerned with how do you keep coffee in its best possible form form for as long as possible and once you roast coffee you've kind of got let's call it three weeks you've kind of got seven days where you can't use it because it's too fresh and then you get two weeks where it's good and then as soon as that two weeks ends it starts to like whatever and we were like well fuck that sucks like you know we want to have 20 coffees on the menu but we can't afford to have this product that's just petering you know within every single day um, freezing it solves that problem. And so when I say frozen, it's not a frozen drink. It's not a coffee slushy. It's coffee that we're keeping frozen, vacuum sealed, you know, whatever, um, so that you can drink a coffee that might have been roasted three, four, five months ago, um, and it'll still taste like it was roasted a week ago. Which is also the suggestion I got from Nolan, which is as soon as you get your bag of coffee, if you can't drink it within a week or two, Put it in the freezer. Freeze but That's and true. I've heard other people sure. say don't do that. So but I'm gonna trust Nolan that that would be the I thing can to I do. think you should trust Nolan. Yeah. Um I mean for reference, we drank a coffee that was roasted seven months ago the other day. Um, you know, out of the freezer. And it was exceptional. I mean it was like it was as good as uh, it was as good as a week after it was roasted. Um and it means that if you are a coffee person at home, like if you're like nerdy and you're buying heaps of fun stuff online so that you can brew great coffee at your house, it means that you're not like tied in and you're not wasting things. You can like, you know, seal it up and, you know, try and get the air out of it um, or get little canisters that are airtight and you can put it in the freezer and chuck a little label on it and you can keep buying coffee until you've got a little stockpile well what's interesting is when when i was in melbourne at the at the uh anti-pegs with mm-hmm. with nolan and he was going over all the processes and i said listen is the average person gonna really notice the difference between this and this because i feel like i don't i i feel like i have a palate i when something tastes good I'm, well that is good but i've also i've consumed a lot of coffee that's been sitting there for months and I've gr- grinded it. Gr- do you? Gr- yeah, you grind. Grinded it. Is that the? Yeah. I've grinded it, and um, I think it's fine. But Nolan pointed out to me he said, "If if no one gave a shit about it, the the high bar, we have to do it from the high bar, and you go from there." But uh, he said, "If I'm not paying attention the way I should be paying attention, I don't. It's not the same. So, or in, not in those exact words, but that was the idea." I think the answer to that is like, you know, everyone's got a threshold of how deep they want to go and and how detailed they want to go. Um, But I think, you know, in the same reason that if, you know, particularly another wine analogy, like you go and buy a $150 bottle of wine, are you going to go and like store that in your garage in the summer heat? Hell no. You're not going to do that. Like it's, it's expensive. It's fancy. You want to drink it and celebrate with someone and enjoy it. And so, you know, for us, it's like, 
if you want the best way to do it, here's how it's going to look. And then, you know, and then it's a sliding scale of how much people want to, you know, how much detail they want to put into it. Well, I'm going to say for whether you prefer a lot of detail or not, I love the Proud Mary experience. So, and I love the fact that part, part of my experience Thanks, was Drew. meeting you and being able to uh, nag you a little bit about coming on the podcast because I know you're busy uh, and I appreciate it. And host dinners and yeah, we've done some fun stuff together. I, I was looking at photos of the one of the dinners we had at the cafe and it was a ripper night. I forget when that was. That was, uh, well, so that was before we did our trip, which was 2019. So it was, I think in the fall or so of 2018. And it was the first dinner at Proud Mary, if I recall, right? First time you've opened a cafe at night. It was the first dinner and it was also, you know, it was like, it was a fun kind of chance for us to like cook dinner. I mean, you know, we're, we're a breakfast place and there's a lot of eggs and there's a lot of whatever. And I remember, you know, Barney ripping out crazy fun things. and little kangaroo, yeah. too. We had a little... We, we did have we did have <laughs> some tartare kangaroo. Right. So, no, it was great. And I'm thankful for the experiences. And I know you are. You know, if you hadn't made the decision to go from New York back to Melbourne, your life, who knows what it would look like now. And isn't it awesome to think about that? And then the random moments. What if you had... Take it, you weren't in that day uh, when Table 45 was occupied. You know, those are random moments. Totally. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I, you know, I feel extremely, you know, blessed and grateful. I'm not a particular, I'm not a religious person, but, um, yeah. Universe. You, know, if there was ever, you can always cite the universe. universe. I always do. If there was a reason to, like, look around and be like, wow, this is fucking really cool. Like, this is this has been a good ride. It definitely has been. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you're having a great ride, and I look forward to catching up to see where your ride takes you in the future. And I, you know what? I Thank hope you. I love Austin. I haven't been back there. The hot luck is going on right now. I just noticed that it is this morning, yeah, yeah. which was my favorite of all the food. Now I can say it because feast isn't around any longer. Because I used to have to be a little quiet as a Portland person, but hot luck was the coolest festival I ever went to, and it was. I was there last year. Well, this was year one when it wasn't really huge, so there were no lines. You could walk up to every single chef and have a conversation, and yeah, Hang it out. was really yeah. cool. So anyway, I what I was about to say is I hope we have a chance to uh, hook up in all your locations, Portland. Austin, and then most specifically Melbourne would be really cool. So um, yeah, okay. that would be nice. Maybe we can make that a, uh, I don't know. I don't think you're looking at a looking at the, the whiteboard and going, hey, let's put all the places we're going to meet Chris for coffee up there. That's not going to happen, but I, it's a nice thought. So No, the easier way to do it is I just let you know when I'm in Portland next and I'll catch you for a coffee. Well, yeah, or you come out here. You, there's not a bad, you can do... 14 miles round trip on the beach out here, and it's beautiful. So, And you've got surf right there too, right? Uh, there's surfing. There's better surfing up the road a little bit, um, but uh, not far. There's beautiful surfing at uh, Short Sand. So, yeah, if I, and I got a place for you both to sleep. So if that's not Thank an you. enticement, I don't know what is. But, <laughs> but you know, a nice 14 miles on hard packed sand to run on, no matter what the That's temperature. That's what I need. Yeah, that and surfing. Uh, and I got good coffee too. 
So, um, and I've, and we can do pour over, we can do French press and I can do drip, which I, which I'm just happy with my drip coffee maker that stays warm for four hours. That's what I like. So. Yeah. Me too. All right, man. Thanks so much. Um, thank you so much for having me. On. Oh, to- really totally nice to a chat. pleasure. And I knew it'd be easy. I did not send you any, uh, prep on to what to expect. And I, the reason I didn't no. is because I just wanted to let this go and be, and I knew you'd be a fun, easy conversation, and you were. So, thanks. Well, thank you, and obviously, yeah, hope to see you soon, Dave. Uh, we will. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX, or on Facebook at Right at the Fork, or online at RightAtTheFork.com. dot